Merry Christmas, everybody. Hey, I feel like I could have used at least one, maybe two more songs, uh, so we might need to extend worship here during the Christmas time because that was so good. Well, I'm so, so pumped that you guys are here with us today. want to welcome those of you who are joining us online. It's great to have you. If you are roughing the weather underneath the tent, uh, we're so proud of you. You're committed. Uh, you could have been on, at home watching online, but you came anyway. So for those folks who are underneath the tent, we're grateful for you. Uh, we still got room in the auditorium. So if you change your mind, come on in. Um, and then for those of you who are here with us this morning, we are so, so grateful for you. My name is Daniel. I'm part of the team here at Eden Church, and we are all about helping people take a next step with Jesus. And uh, just so I know who I'm working with this morning, how, how many of you uh, love the Christmas season? We love it. I can't help it. I love everything about Christmas. I love the music. I love the smells. I love Christmas trees. I love all the songs that my kids sing, uh, that they're learning and eating kids. I love peppermint mochas, even if I get it from Starbucks. Okay? That was a little, that was a little coffee snobbery. Um, but I love the cold air. I love putting on a jacket. And, and not only do I love it, but my kids love it. My wife loves it. We love everything about it. Uh, and all of that stuff is so wonderful. But when I think about the heart of Christmas, it is what we are doing in this room that makes Christmas so special. Remember the scripture. It says, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. That is why we celebrate Christmas, because good news came into this world for all of humankind. And so I love that over the next few weeks, we're going to get to talk about it. And today we're launching a brand new Christmas series. And if you're new to the conversation with us this morning, a series is just a collection of talks that we spread out over several weeks and we focus on a theme, a topic, or a passage from scripture, and then we apply it to our everyday lives. And what we've learned over the years is that the application part is really important because if we're just reading and thinking about these good things, but we never uh, think about it enough to apply it to our lives, we don't really ever experience the power of God in the way that it was intended to be experienced. And so, uh, and so that's what we do, but we're launching a brand new series, as was mentioned, called All I Want for Christmas. All I Want for Christmas. I wonder how many of you already know what you want for Christmas this year, right? Some of you have had it on the list uh, since last year. And I imagine that as we ask that question, some of you are thinking perhaps of a new car, you're going big this year, want a new car, maybe a new house, no, perhaps a new toy, some new technology, right? I don't know what it is. I hope that all of you get exactly what you want for Christmas this year. But I think that what all of us have the potential to get from Christmas is this reminder in this season of a new type of hope, a remembrance of the hope that we have in Jesus. And uh, I think it's sometimes easy to get distracted during Christmas time, but over the next few weeks, our goal is going to be to bring our minds and our hearts to center around that thing that Christmas is all about. And so today, we're going to actually focus on an obscure uh, part of the Christmas story, and we're going to talk about the power of living in the moment, because moments, I think, are what make life so special. And, 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 and life is really just like this series of moments that happen over the course of a lifetime. Uh, I think about some of the special moments in my life, uh, one of which was, was our wedding day. And if I could be honest, okay, I've already told my wife this. 
most of that day is a blur. Okay, my back was hurting. I was hungry. I was emotionally exhausted talking to a lot of people. And do you know the stress? The stress of bringing all these different people from different parts of your life coming together and sharing stories about what they remember about you? That was stressful for me. That was very stressful for me. But there was this moment in our wedding where I was standing with the preacher who was officiating the wedding, the, the bridal party was there, the groomsmen were there, and we were all just waiting. And then the music goes on. And everybody in the audience stands. And I remember I could just see the, the top of my wife's head making her way down the aisle. And then when she turned that corner, it was like this moment she was coming in all of her glory. I mean, there was, there was just something powerful about that moment. I know I'll never forget it. And I wonder, what, what moments do you remember like that? Like these moments that just strike you. Maybe it was your wedding day. Maybe it was the birth of your children. Maybe it was graduating from college or getting your first job. Or maybe it was like driving with the windows down the first time you drove a car on an open road. Or maybe when you got a call from your, ki your kids that a grandchild was on the way. I think it's so easy for us to forget that life, that these moments in life are what make it so precious. And I don't know if you felt this at all before during the Christmas season, but sometimes it feels like during the Christmas time, it is so easy to get so busy doing all these things that it becomes stressful and we forget to be present actually in the moment, right? We're getting Christmas gifts and we're going to Christmas parties and we're trying to figure out our finances. How much can we spend on each person? And that's a challenge. And then you suggest to the family, why don't we just buy stuff for the kids? And everybody doesn't want to do that. And so you go back to the drawing board, right? And I think that it becomes like this thing of busyness in, in the Christmas season. And it's easy to get caught up in the rush of doing so many things. And we forget to sit in the power that is, in, that is the moment of Christmas. And so today we're going to look at the life of a teenage girl. I love whoever's ringtone that was. It's very, very festive. But we're going to look at the life of a teenage girl. Her name is Mary, and she is in the middle of an unexpected pregnancy, which for many of us, right, all of us, unexpected pregnancy, that would be like this very chaotic moment. And yet, in the middle of this moment, she shows us how it is possible to be present. And so we're going to look at a verse that's tucked away in the back of the Christmas story. It's after the drama of finding out that she was pregnant and telling her fiancé-to-be that the baby was not his, which he already knew that. And the challenge of traveling on a donkey for several days while she was nine months pregnant. After that, it's after scrambling to find a delivery room in a town that was unfamiliar to her and her fiancé. And then going through the pain of pregnancy, there is this moment of pause. And the scripture that we're going to read, very short, but it says something that is so powerful, so brief, yet so powerful. Luke chapter 2, verse 19. It says, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. This young girl who had been asked to take on so much somehow was able to silence the anxiety so that she could be present in the moment. I don't know about you. 
But that is a really hard thing to do, right? If you've ever been going through something that is so heavy and, and it begins to just seep into every free space that you have in your mind, when you're driving, you start thinking about it. When you lay down in bed and you put your head on the pillow, you start thinking about it. When you wake up in the morning, you start thinking about it. Every conversation that you have with people starts going toward this thing. And usually, those things that are heavy on our heart are things that are outside of our control. And oftentimes, the pain associated with those moments is the pain of us realizing that we cannot control the outcome. And this little girl, probably 13, 14, 15, 16 years old, had so much going on in her life in this moment that was outside of her control. There were probably people who thought that she was lying about saying that she was going to give birth to the Savior of the world. There were a bunch of people that thought she probably cheated on her fiancé. She didn't know how long her fiancé would stay and support her. And we don't get the sense as we look at the Christmas story that there was a lot of family that was supporting her in this moment. And so for this young girl, there was so much that had been turned up in, over, in her world. And she had so much to do. And yet she paused all of the noise going on around her so that she could be present in this moment. She paused it all so that she could be present in the middle of the miracle that was happening right in front of her. And I think that maybe you have learned this just like I've learned this is that busyness can be a thief in our life. When you ask people in our culture, right, especially the Bay Area, I'm just telling you, it's not like this when I go outside of the Bay Area, but in the Bay Area, when you ask people how they're doing, what do most people say? I'm busy. It's been a busy week. It's been a busy month. I'm busy doing things. I'm busy uh, meeting with people. I'm busy preparing for Christmas and we're busy with work, and we're busy at play, and with people, and on our phones, and on social media, and what's interesting is that busyness does not always have to do with having a full schedule. This is what I've learned. One time I was talking to a guy, and he was telling me all the things that he had on his schedule, and I said, man, you, you're really busy, and he corrected me. He said, I'm not busy. He said, I have filled my schedule with things that I love to do, and I thought, it's a mindset. And oftentimes we have like this attitude of busyness in our hearts, not because we have a lot to do, because I think you can feel busy and not have a full schedule. We feel busy because the, the ratio of important things to unimportant things is getting out of balance. And I think that there are a lot of us, you've probably experienced this, that we feel like we have gotten caught up in the busyness of our culture. And if we're being honest what has that, about what that busyness has done to us, sometimes it's kept us from looking into our children's eyes for a long time. Sometimes it has kept us from having a meaningful conversation with our spouse. Sometimes it has kept us from experiencing a genuine sense of community with others. It has, it has probably caused even many of us to feel like we have not connected with God in a really long time. We have may, may have the sense that we haven't experienced God's presence in a long time. And so what it seems like for many of us is that we are living life, but we are missing out on the most important moments. It was just a few verses earlier that we see this moment where Mary is so moved in her experience with God that she begins to sing these praises. In Luke 
chapter 1, verse 46 through 48. It says, oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. This little portion of scripture is what uh, theologians refer to as the Magnificat. And it's this moment where Mary is so full of gratitude that she just breaks out into song and praise to God. Some of you, if you're part of our serve team, you know that before we have service, we have like our little huddle time. And what we've been doing lately is we've just been taking some time for us to just sing some songs for a chance for our team to get to worship before the service goes on. And the other day, it was, it's been wonderful, but I was standing next to Rick Talamantes. Some of you guys know Rick. I shouldn't have said his last name. Um, <laughs> but some of you guys know Rick. And, we were, and he was singing, and I was singing, and it was like this beautiful moment of worship. But what ended up happening after a few minutes is I noticed that Rick and I were struggling to harmonize <laughs> in the song. And, uh, and I started thinking about my voice. What I was trying to sing, worship to God. And then guess what happened today? I was standing, I was standing right next to one of our worship leaders, okay? And the whole time I was thinking, my voice sucks, all right? I'm trying to sing these glorious truths to God, and that's all that I could think. But I don't think that's what was happening with Mary. I don't think that's what happened in this moment. She was not concerned about what anyone else thought. She didn't plan this moment out. It was like this moment of uncontrolled, unhindered worship to God, just connecting with God. And I wonder, have you ever been in a room with someone who just did not care who was around them? Someone who was just singing at the top of their lungs because there was this moment they were in the presence of God and they are just singing because these truths are filling their heart and they mean so much to their soul. Have you ever been in a room where someone just starts weeping during worship and there is no concern about what anyone else thinks because in that moment, in the presence of God, there is just an overwhelming sense of gratitude for what God has done in their life. I was a part of... Uh, a group, they're called Set Free Ministry. Some of you may be familiar with them, but they were connected to the church that we were at in Bakersfield. And one time they invited me to one of their worship uh, gatherings. And this group primarily focuses on reaching people who are newly out of prison, who are overcoming addiction, or uh, finding places, uh, finding housing in their community. And so they invited me into their service. And I'm telling you, it was, it was like nothing that I had ever been a part of before because there was not one person doing a golf clap when the worship was going on. There was not one person doing this little, you know, jazz snaps or whatever. I'm telling you, I saw people on the ground throwing, praising God. They were throwing their hands up. They were screaming at the top of their lungs. They were dancing. There were tears in this worship experience. It was so different. And, and, and the difference is that for many of these people, they were so close to the pain that God had just pulled them out of. For so many of these people, they were just a few days clean outside of addiction, a few weeks out of prison. And so the amount of gratitude that was in that room, it was palpable. You could hear it in the way that they worshiped. And I think that's what Mary's worship sounded like 
in this moment. There was no concern about harmonizing with the person next to her. It was just this declaration of praise to God that was born out of the gratitude that she felt for God. And I wonder when was the last time that we have felt that sense of gratitude for God. And I know what some of you are thinking. You have no idea what this last year has been like for me. You have no idea what season of life I'm going through right now. Daniel, you can't even imagine. Gratitude is one of the fur furthest things from my, my emotions right now. You can't imagine how busy my life has been. You can't imagine how hard work has been. But look at Paul's advice. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18, he says, Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstance, for this is God's will for your life. In other words, what Paul is saying is be grateful. In the midst of an unexpected pregnancy, be grateful. In a busy season of your life, be grateful. In the trials and in the blessings and in the good and in the bad, Paul is saying, be grateful. And notice what Paul is doing right here. Paul is talking about gratitude as if it is a discipline to be developed and not an emotion to be experienced. Do you hear that? Paul is talking in an imperative. It's an imperative of command. He is saying, choose gratitude. Choose joy. Choose to pray. And this is what he says at the end of these statements. He's saying, this is God's will for your life. For you to choose those moments. I wonder what would change in our life and in our thinking if we begin to think of gratitude as a choice and not dependent upon our circumstances. Because that's exactly what Paul is telling us to do. Someone once said this a long time ago. It is not joy that makes us grateful. It is gratitude that makes us joyful. It is not joy that makes us grateful. It is gratitude that makes us joyful. And I wonder what it would look like if we said for the month of December, as we enter into this Christmas season, I know that for some of us, this is like a time of celebration, right? But for others of us, this is a season of pain. This is a season where we remember all the people that we don't get to celebrate Christmas again with this year. For some of us, you're not going to be able to travel back and be with your families this year. And so I know that this is a heavy time of year for many people. Christmas is going to look different for some of us. But what Paul is reminding us of is even in those moments of painfulness, we can still choose gratitude. Can you imagine what that would do to us? And I think that that has always been part of God's plan for developing a meaningful life in this world is helping us to develop the discipline of being grateful. And I wonder what that would look like for us over the next few weeks is if every day, as soon as something came to mind, what if we just wrote it down? What if we just said, I'm grateful for my health this year? I'm grateful that this year I do get to travel and be around some family. I'm grateful that I have a place to stay. 
as we were going through this message, I started thinking about all the things that I have been grateful for this year. And I am so blessed because there are so many things that I have to be grateful for, family and friendships. I'm grateful. I'm grateful to live in the Bay Area, okay? I know some, there are a lot of people leaving. I get that, all right? I'm not going to lie. I've been on Zillow a few times over the last 18 months, okay? There ain't no shame in that game. But I love living in the Bay Area. Yesterday, we got to do a thing with our kids and all of their classmates came to the park and we were all hanging out and having fun and we got to meet the families of all these kids in my class. And when you have kids, you, they tell you, you're like learning. You're like learning about what the kids are talking about in school. And sometimes it's scary. Sometimes it's fun. But, but you got, I kind of got to connect the dots yesterday. Like, oh, that's, that's what's his name. Or that's her. Okay. That's him. Okay. So it was great. But this is what I love about the Bay Area is that there were so many people from all over the world. And I love that my kids get to grow up in an environment where, where it is so diverse. And you got people from different languages and different backgrounds and religious, religious backgrounds. And I'm like, we got to experience this moment of community with these other people in our school. And I love that. And then I started thinking about other parts of our life where we feel grateful. And so much of my gratitude this year is tied to what is happening in this community. I think about the fact that we're meeting in a building. It's amazing. I think about the fact that we are partnering with an amazing church, True Hope Community Church. I think about the fact that we have an amazing staff and amazing leaders in this church that right now are building a culture of ridiculous generosity in this community and service to other people. I'm grateful because I remember where we have come from as a church, okay? I remember those first few months as a church and that push pay account, there wasn't a lot coming in. There's a few hundred bucks. We said, Lord Jesus, we need, we need your provisions. I'm, and I think there are a lot of you that were part of the church during that season. You remember where we came from. And I think about five years ago, as a church, we could not have imagined that today and during a time like this, we would do, be doing an end of the year initiative, asking everybody to get in the game and suggesting that in one month, this little old church in the Silicon Valley would even try to attempt to raise $150,000. And this last month has been one of the most humbling experiences that we have had as a team and as a church because week after week, our team just kept putting the vision out there and trusting in faith that God was going to move and people would respond. And over and over again, over the course of the last 30 days, we watched people break strongholds in their life, break patterns in their generosity and step into faith in a way that they have never done before. We have watched our kids' ministry for the very first time joyfully give their money away to be a part of the vision of this church. We have watched people who are not even a part of this church, but heard about what we are doing, and they say, I want to be a part of it. We have seen people who don't even identify as followers of Jesus, said, I want to invest in what you guys are doing. And I am grateful that over the last four weeks, this church has put their faith into action. And you gave, you ready for this? You gave over $225,000 in this community. 
And I feel so blessed, so blessed that we get to be a part of this. And, and honestly, maybe this may sound fake, okay? It's not about the money. Maybe it's a little bit, but I'm excited because we're gonna have some opportunities to make a significant difference in this community. But what I am moved by is the faith that that money represents for so many people. There has been so much movement spiritually in this church over the last month. And every single person that I've talked to who stepped into this opportunity did not speak about it as if it were a burden, but it was this great blessing in their life. And some years we think, why do we even do this? But it's because we know that every year God is going to speak to someone. They're going to challenge someone. And every dollar that was given to For the Future, someone said, God, I'm going to trust you with more this year. I'm going to do with less and I'm going to trust you with more. Every dollar that was given, someone said, God, I'm going to give my treasure to the church so that the church will become my treasure. Every dollar that was given was a faithful act of obedience. And every dollar, someone was testing the promise that God made that it is better to give than it is to receive. And we have got so much going on in this church in the month of December. But I don't want us to miss this moment that this was a miracle in our midst that has happened in this community. And I can't wait in 10 years to be telling the story of when we were just this little old church and we partnered with True Hope Community Church and together we brought this vision of being a generous community together and we saw God do something amazing. We didn't know then what God was gonna use that $225,000 to do, but look, we are still standing on the blessing of a community of people that said, I'm willing to sacrifice. I'm willing to carry that baton. It is such, such a joy to be in a moment like this with this church. And I'm telling you that this doesn't always happen. But we right now are forming the foundation of becoming a radically generous church in this community. And I want to thank you for stepping into this moment together. I'll never forget this season in this church, and I can't wait to tell stories about it. But what I think is so perfect about this moment is that it's coming right in the middle of the Christmas season. And this season reminds us of what this is all really about. It is not about buildings. It is not about presents. It is not about Christmas trees. It is about the hope that all of us have in a person named Jesus. And 2,000 years ago, he came to this earth so that we didn't have to live under the weight and the shame of our decisions. But we could be freed. That we could experience life for the first time. This is the hope that you have and this is the hope that I have and it is not a dead hope but it is a living hope that when you are ready to experience God, he is standing at the door with open arms saying, step into this moment. Step into a relationship with me. And right now, 
I want us to take some time. As the band begins to pray, I just want us to sit in this moment of gratitude for a God that has come down and that's still at work in a community like this. And so Mark and the band, they're going to pray and we're going to sing. And I don't want you to worry about the voice of the person next to you. I don't want you thinking about the stuff you got to do after church or the drama that is going on in your life. I want this to be a moment of gratitude for all of us where we begin to set our, our minds and our hearts on the goodness of God and the grace that he has given us in this life no matter what your circumstance looks like today. So Mark, go ahead and take this time, lead us, and let's have a moment of gratitude.